0: You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad and the Irish-Canadian connection is getting stronger and stronger and it's even permeated to the, uh, to the Canadian and the Irish parliament to the extent where we had parliamentarians from both sides visiting each other and building on the strength of that relationship and the chair of the, on the Canadian side of the interparliamentary group, which would be the Irish-Canadian interparliamentary group is the Federal Minister for Lake Shore, James Maloney and he's here to give us a little bit of a summary of what the year has been, what the relationship means and what some of the goals and the objectives are. And uh, thanks a million uh, for coming along, James. Well, listen,
1: my pleasure. I'm always glad to, to talk to you, and certainly always happy to talk about all things uh, relating to Canada and Ireland.
0: Well, um, as an overview to start with, like the parliamentary group, how big and how many of the MPs would uh, are out there waving the, the tricolour?
1: Well, it, uh, our membership is about, uh, 75 MPs, I think, but there's actually, there's a lot more than that who, uh, you know, proudly wave the flag, as you say, um, uh, especially, you know, as we roll into the months of February, March, and April, but, like, everybody is, uh, You know, I'm a proud ambassador for Canada-Ireland. We've got uh, got a very active executive. Last year, you remember, we had our first ever uh, Irish day on Parliament Hill, Uh, and that's going to be the first of many, many more. We've got a big one planned for uh, this coming year. We've got a a date booked already, and I'm hoping to uh, get some visitors over from Ireland, actually, for it. We've got uh, all kinds of plans in the works.
0: Um, when you say 75, of course, it's cross-party lines.
1: Oh yeah, this is this is a very very non-partisan thing. I mean, we work with uh, members of all parties, and uh, when when it comes to this issue, the the, the party colours get put down, and uh, the uh, the Irish and Canadian colours uh, get picked up. So yeah, there's no there's no partisanship involved in this at all. People, we uh, we're all working towards the same. The same goal of making sure that the two countries uh, continue to have a strong relationship.
0: So would a side effect of this then be in any way that it assists in the achievement of other goals and objectives outside of the Irish-Canada relationship, just in building cross-party relationships?
1: Actually, it, very much so, because it's it's things like this where you, you get to know your, uh, your colleagues on the other side of the floor, um, and you're working on something that uh, you both are agreeing on. So you, you develop relationships, and that certainly trickles over into other work you're doing. There's no question about it, because you get you get to know these people on a different level, on a personal level, and everybody realizes that we're all, we're all here for the same reasons, and uh, it, it definitely has a positive effect.
0: So then, James, when we come back closer to the actual group itself and the Irish-Canada relationship, and we have seen that relationship particularly strengthen in the last number of years with the uh, trade agreement between Europe and uh, Canada, of which Ireland is very much a uh, part of.
1: Uh, incredibly so. Like I've, I've been to Ireland uh, three times in the past year, and I've had occasion to meet with... The Ireland Canada Business Association over there, their membership in Ireland. I was just speaking to the incoming president over there, Chris Collinet, just uh, this past week, as a matter of fact, about some things we have uh, in the works, and their membership has gone from about forty to they're going to hit. His goal is to hit a hundred within the next uh, few weeks. So, uh, and that's a reflection of the relationship with CETA and with you know with Brexit pending. Uh, the connections between Ireland and Canada are becoming ever more important. And, you know, the business community recognizes that as well. So it's uh, and it's growing, growing, growing. So And that's a positive thing.
0: Now, the other side, there's always a perception. Uh, and each side has its own perception, and that being from an Irish perspective, you know, we're anxious to see Irish goods on Canadian shelves. But there's a lot of Canadian companies... Uh, who have invested heavily in Ireland in the last few years?
1: Oh, no question about it. Uh, when I was there in uh, March, I went down to Cork, for example. And the one and only uh, oil refinery in Ireland is is owned by a Canadian company, as you as you know. Um, the medical field uh, for, is another that's that's growing uh, quite a bit over there. Um, yeah, so it's Canadian goods uh, are in demand and Canadian businesses see the opportunity and they see Ireland for what a great place it is to do business. But as I said, they also see it as a, a gateway to Europe. Um, that's reflected too. If you look at the increase in, in flight volume, Air Canada has got uh, more flights going in and out of Dublin now. They have more flights going in and out of Shannon. Uh, so does WestJet. Uh, and that's because of the you know, rushing traffic volumes and the uh, greater demand for business and tourism.
0: And just down the road from you, um WoW is about to start flying also.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, you'll be able to fly out of Hamilton. Um, yeah, no, the flight the flight frequency is it's it's a reflection. If you look at just in the past four months, I think there's been three major announcements uh, about the increase in flight volumes between Toronto Uh, the west and that's let me digress for a second here let's not overlook the fact that we now have a uh, uh, you know the the Irish government has a uh, consulate in Vancouver which is going to be officially opening very soon so and that's a reflection of uh, increased business traffic and and everything that goes
0: with it. And of course again just up the road from you in Toronto the IDA uh, has opened an officer is is, uh, establishing its presence where traditionally they looked after the canadian territory from new york so i think that's recognition on that side also
1: oh no question about it no question but look way you look at this i mean if you look at from business tourism uh flight travel transportation um you know the numbers are going up 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 and that's uh, that's all very positive so i'm you know that's i enjoy being doing my little part in parliament and we still have a Motion, my motion pending uh, in the House of Commons to make uh, March Irish Heritage Month in Canada. Um, and that's another reason why I started the annual Irish Day in Parliament Hill as well.
0: And one of the important aspects also, of course, when we talk about flights and that connection is the increase in tourism. And uh, the figures that have been coming out of Ireland in the last number of months indicate uh, huge growth in traffic from Canada over the last few years since the direct flights were put in and uh, I know that on the other side people in Ireland look on Canada now as comfort that's very accessible and affordable also to visit
1: oh absolutely look I mean the, the, the fly from St. John's Newfoundland to Ireland is uh, it's a shorter flight than flying from St. John's to Vancouver and in fact it's a shorter flight than it is from Toronto to Vancouver and uh you well, know, people are realizing it's not that difficult to get there, and the number of people going back are uh, to Ireland are is growing exponentially. And you're right, there's a lot more traffic from Ireland to Canada too, and that's that's why you're seeing all of this new flight volume because the flights can't go uh, full one way and empty the other, and they're not going to. You know, and that's that's why they're adding all these additional carriers.
0: And while you do mention Saint John's Newfoundland, I know it's unfortunate that that particular route is going to be cancelled in 2019. But the good part from a, an Eastern Canadian perspective is at least there's a route opening up through Halifax. In Halifax,
1: that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was unfortunate. When they talked to my colleagues in Saint John's. Uh, in fact, I was with Ambassador Kelly uh, the day that announcement came out, and uh, it, it is unfortunate because you know well that uh, there is a strong strong Irish connection in Newfoundland, particularly St. John's to Ireland. But as you say, there is new flight coming in out Halifax. So that doesn't make uh, my colleagues and friends in Newfoundland feel a whole lot better, but it, does, uh, it is a reflection that there still is a bigger demand.
0: And James, you mentioned we talked there in Newfoundland and you mentioned about the consulate being opened in Vancouver. So we're going coast to coast there. And that is an indication of how the Irish uh, and the Irish relationship is coast-to-coast, and I know that there are also many in the Irish community who have gone north, so it is sea-to-sea-to-sea, and we can oftentimes lose sight when we're here in Ontario or in Ottawa or in Toronto of how broad that relationship is. Without question. I
1: mean, 14% of Canadians identify themselves with you know, Irish heritage, you can go to any city, any town in any part of Canada, and you can see that. I mean, people people with Irish ancestry, of Irish ancestry, are very proud of that, and you see it in every single community you go to. And that's and you're right; it's not just St. John's, it's not just Vancouver, it's everywhere in between, and it's it's as far north as you can go. Um, and that's why the, you're seeing the new consulate open in Vancouver, and you're seeing. Uh, the chambers of commerce, uh, the numbers of chambers of commerce are expanding across the country. I mean, if you look at uh, Alberta now, they've got a strong Irish presence as well. So it's 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 all very positive, and we've got we've got to, to seize that and capitalise that, and and that's uh, one of the things I'm trying to do through my parliamentary colleagues.
0: So as you look forward, then James, into 2019, uh, are there any particular? Um, issues or any particular objectives that you would hope that you can highlight and that you can move along um, and looking back on 2018 are there any particular achievements and objectives that you're particularly proud of
1: well my my number one personal objective in 2019 is to get reelected, of course but uh, on the Irish front um, so last year as I said we had the first ever Canada Island Day on the Hill it was a huge success and we had people from from Ottawa and Toronto. This year, we've got the date planned. Uh, we've got a date booked in in May and early May. And I want to build on that. And what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm working. As I said, I was speaking last week with, uh, uh, with some people in, in Dublin and about making it bigger and get. I want to get some Irish parliamentarians coming over for that event. We had a delegation. Well, we've had a number of ministers over in the last in the last 18 months. I think there's been 15 uh, cabinet ministers come over to visit us in Ottawa and here in, here in Toronto and elsewhere. Uh, I want to try to uh, grow that number and try to get that frequency more permanent. And going the other way, too, we've had uh, a couple of delegations go over to Dublin last year, which uh, which I led, and I want to try to keep that going back and forth on a sort of more fixed, regular basis, but I want to take this event that we're doing in May and I really want to showcase, uh, you know, the Irish contribution to Canada. And that's why I'm not doing it in March, you see, because in March everybody thinks of St. Patrick's Day, which is a fantastic celebration, but I really want to focus on, you know, the great contribution that uh, Irish uh, Canadians or people of Irish ancestry have made to building this country and uh, I want to spread that across the country, and I'm hoping to get people from, from Halifax to Vancouver who are going to come to Ottawa for this event. I went over last summer to, the, um, to Carlingford, and I was part of a three-day uh, um, presentation that was run by the Darcy Meat Me Foundation, and there I'm working with them as well, and possibly they're going to come over with a group of people and do something at around the same time, and we're working on uh, another trade mission from Ireland to come over at around the same time. So if we can tie all these things together, uh, this can be a really, really big year, you know, a stepping stone to further great years. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot of work to be done, but it's all positive, and uh, I'm glad to be part of it.
0: So, James, you're there on Parliament Hill, and you've got 75 colleagues thereabouts who are waving the flag and proud to be Irish are there any other ethnic groups that are kind of jealous of you as a result
1: yeah all of them a <laughs> <laughs> question all of them um but there's a, there's there's other groups like this there's you know that uh, Canada, Scotland has a group and there's there's canada italy uh canada ukraine canada portugal there's there's a number of them around the globe um but let me tell you a little story so last year the uh, there was a opportunity available for a uh, parliamentary delegation of Canadians to go to a European country uh, and you had to apply for the funding and many of the other European countries, uh, most of the other European countries that have groups put in an application. I put one in on behalf of Canada-Ireland and we got picked as soon as they read the applications, they didn't even have to do interviews. so. Uh, yes, they're all jealous of us and they should be,
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> One of the
1: areas my, goal is, my goal is to make them more jealous. How's so well so that so for an ambition?
0: That's a good ambition. One of the things we didn't cou- touch on, actually, uh, is the very strong relationship between Ireland and Canada when it comes to the movie industry. And there have been a lot of collaborative events that have achieved global and international recognition for the quality of the collaborative work
1: you're absolutely right in fact there was a new agreement signed uh between canada and ireland in i think february of 2016 at the ambassador's home in ottawa and there's been that's another that's another industry which has strong ties between here and ireland you're right uh right here in my own riding of lakeshore i have a big In fact, they have the largest film studio campus in all of Canada. Uh, It's an industry that's growing here, and it's an industry that's growing in Ireland, and there's there's strong ties there, which we need to continue building on as
0: well. So then, um, I suppose, the the other aspect that has an impact uh, and will have an impact on the relationship, and it has an impact on Canada, it has an impact on Ireland, and it has an impact on the Ireland-Canada relationship, of course, is Brexit. And uh, while um, nobody knows... What the outcome ultimately will be? Uh, how do you view the implications of that?
1: Well, first of all, no, you know, nobody that I've talked to uh, in Ireland or here, uh, you know, given a choice, wants this to go ahead. But uh, things are the way they are. Um, how it's going to play out? You're right. Nobody, nobody knows. Uh, when I was there in the summer, you talked to, uh, it, it was amazing actually, I talked to several different politicians in Ireland and some in England, and you expect to uh, get answers about, you know, this is how it's going to play out, and the only consistency was that people had no idea how it was going to play out, and here we are, only a few short months away from the, the deadline in March, and that still seems to be the case, I mean, the Brexit vote scheduled to take place in January 21st now. Uh, coincidentally, I'm going to be in London when that's happening. Um, but if, if the vote doesn't go through, then you're going to have a no Brexit Brexit. And the implications for Ireland, for Ireland, of course, is the biggest issue is with respect to the border. And nobody wants a hard border. Um, and the deal that's on the table right now is managing to preserve that situation. So uh, how it's going to play out, you're, you're you know, predictive abilities are probably as good as mine. Um, I just hope that it works out favorably to uh, to both countries because you know Ireland's got a strong trading partner with uh, with England, and if we don't want to uh, jeopardize that, but uh, there's also more opportunity for Ireland with with Canada and elsewhere, uh, regardless of the outcome. So we'll just have to wait and see, I like, can. We'll know by we'll have a better picture in January and we'll, we'll certainly know what's going to happen in March.
0: So James, we've been talking very much here at a, at a 30,000 foot level. Let's bring it down to, to earth for a moment and uh, talk about the Maloneys and um, how the Maloneys uh, relate as distinct from the Interparliamentary Group to Ireland and then uh, how the Maloneys bring Irish tradition to Canada and how it has come down through the family.
1: Well, my ancestors came to Canada in the early 1840s, and they settled in the Ottawa Valley. They, they come from County Clare, just outside of Ennis, and there's three brothers: uh, Patrick and Michael uh, and James. Which coincidentally is myself and my two brothers. Um, and they settled in Mount Saint Patrick, not far from uh, not far from Ottawa, where I visited last. Uh, June, actually. It was the 175th anniversary of uh, St. Patrick's Paris. There's actually a, a Maloney Mountain there, which I, my dad always told me about. I, I always thought he was kidding, but there actually is a Maloney Mountain where Maloney Brothers settled uh, right beside Mount St. Patrick. And from there, my great-great-great-grandfather moved, to, um, moved out of Ottawa and eventually ended up in the States and then back to Thunder Bay where I was born. My grandfather... I was born in the States, moved to Thunder Bay. I was born there, and we've, I've lived in Toronto for 42 years now. But So I've got... Uh, I met some relatives, actually, when I was in, in Mount St. Patrick in June, who I had not met before. They were third cousins. Um, and it was actually it was great to meet them and to sit down and sort of jot out some of our family history. And I've actually met with them since, and I'm going to meet with them again to continue doing that, so my family goes way, way, way back.
0: Any significant things happen or how was it
1: well it was it was special for a lot of reasons because as I mentioned, that's where my my ancestors first uh, uh, landed when they came to Canada. But several years ago, I went to Ireland and I went I found a church where my great 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 grandparents were married. And then in June, when I went to Mount St. Patrick, and I didn't know this and I should have, uh, I met my cousin, who I had not uh, had occasion to meet before, and my, the same great, great, great grandparents who were married, uh, whose church I was at where they were married, they were buried. Their plots were right outside the church in Mount St. Patrick. So it was very, very special for me and it sort of brought things full circle a little bit. But And it was a, a pleasant surprise and my, The two brothers, my great-great-great-uncles, and the graveyard was full of Maloney's that were my my relatives, so it was uh, really the birthplace of my family in Canada, so it was a very moving experience for me to go back, go there and see all of that.
0: Now, you did mention that it was from outside uh, the hinterland of Ennis and County Clare. Uh, Do you know which parish? Uh,
1: Yeah, and I knew you were going to ask me that. It's... um, (laughs) And if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. <laughs> it's a little wee, it's about 10 minutes north of Venice, and it's a little town, well, it's not even a town, it's a church and a pub, uh, Barfield, Barfield.
0: Okay. Yes, and I'm sure when you were walking around there, there's you can sense the history in every respect.
1: Well, very much so. And, and I, I went there, and we arrived. I was over there with a group of people, uh, on a on a trip, and it was a Friday night, and I dragged them all up there because I it was the only opportunity when we were in that vicinity to go find this church. So we went, and I got there, and it was closed. But my brother had told me a story about how this very nice woman who was a caretaker for the church occasionally went down the street to a pub nearby. So sure enough, we located her there, and her name was uh, McCracken, and. He came back and I managed to convince her to actually open the church and let me in. So, um you're right, you could sort of you could feel it, uh feel it in the air, you know. But it's a place I have to go back and do a little bit more exploring, sometime when I have more time and sometime when I'm not uh, towing along uh several friends who were more interested in going golfing and doing things and exploring my family ancestry.
0: <laughs> I I'm sure um I said this tongue-in-cheek, that you're very happy that uh, uh, you're <laughs> they came back to Thunder Bay. I'm sorry, say that again? I'm sure you're very grateful they came back to Thunder Bay.
1: Oh, I am, I am, absolutely, absolutely. As, uh, I, would, would, I wouldn't have ended up here if I wasn't, a, didn't it? Uh, no, you, more might, in you, Thunder Bay. you
0: might have been inside the Beltway. <laughs> that's
1: right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. and of course, my my in-laws, I think you know you know Eddie Brett, of course
2: uh-huh.
1: and uh, they gave her my uh, my better half. she uh, she actually has an Irish passport, so she's, she's much closer to it than I am. I've got strong, so I've got strong ties on both sides
0: um and on that end, actually, when you mention Irish passport, one of the great things is that there are a number. Of people in the House of Commons carrying Irish passports, um, is it four or five, or what's the number? Do you know?
1: You know what? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, there is a there is a couple. You're right. Um,
0: I know uh, Minister McKenna, and I think uh, Minister O'Regan might both carry them. Uh, I know it's, I you know might, uh, Catherine McKenna definitely does.
1: You know what Catherine does? You're right because her fa- her father. You're right, Catherine would have an Irish passport for sure. Seamus, I'm not sure. He might, he might. I'm just not I'm just not sure. Yeah, I don't have the answer to that. Yeah.
0: But I thought I thought there were two or three that definitely were passport holders.
1: Those would be the only two I can think of. I'm not sure who else would, would fall into that category.
0: Right, right. Well um and then had, have you brought any traditions that are now continuing down to the family?
1: Uh Irish traditions in the Maloney family um look my father my father was always a a proud Irishman um I mean I I don't know I can't think of anything unique to the Maloney family but we certainly celebrate our Irish ancestry uh with great pride at yeah. all times but particularly in March of course
2: yeah
1: my father I I grew up listening to Irish music uh, which my father always had playing, and I grew up, I don't know if you remember a band called the the Carlton Show
0: Band. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were, they were um, kind of I was only in the cradle when they were on the road.
1: <laughs> so was I, so was <laughs> I. I was, I was a young lad up in, in Thunder <laughs> Bay, and they used to come up there and play all the time. So that was my, my real first introduction to live Irish music was those guys. And then coincidentally, when I moved to Toronto in 1976, I was in grade school, and then I went to high school, and I became friends with a guy named Chris O'Toole. And his father, Chris O'Toole Sr., was the band leader for the Carlton Show Band, so it came full circle.
0: Yeah, it is. The music music binds everybody together. And, of course, up the the Ottawa Valley, there has always been a tremendous tradition of Irish music and the influence of Irish dance on what has become the Ottawa Valley dance.
1: That's right, that's right. Well, Irish dancing is... I have a... uh, Deirdre was quite an Irish dancer when she was a, a young girl, and I have a pair of her Irish dance shoes hanging in my in my bar in my basement, in my house.
0: Well James, I want to take the opportunity to say thank you very much indeed for taking the time and sharing with us and wishing you and your family uh, a very, very happy season and a successful and uh, enjoyable Irish two thousand and nineteen.
1: Well, listen. Thank you very much. I I I very much enjoy doing what I'm doing, and I'm I I wave both flags with a great deal of pride, as you know, and I'm going to keep doing that. So, thank you very much for having me on, and thanks for doing what you're doing, and let's uh, stay in touch. And 2019 is going to be a great year.
0: Indeed. And this is the Carlton Show, band with a medley from their album First Choice. It's if you're Irish, Medley. If you're
2: Irish, come into the parlor, there's a welcome there for you,
0: and if your name
2: is tend to be your back, as long as you come from Ireland, there's a welcome on the mat. and if you come from the mountains the forest, what shall I need to no blue, within the sun of the mix of us, whoever you are, you're one of us, and Irish, this is the place for you, Of New York, I'm sick of Sure, you think the York is Old Great day for the camera, for the fans in full array. If you are going to so be Irish, your crowds, we're all the Irish, it's a great day. And if you come from Ireland, there's a wealth among the maps. And if you come from the mountain poor, our gelarines make so blue. We'll stand in the sun, we'll make some bucks. So Whoever you are, you'll want some bucks. And here, Irish, this is the place for you.